Hello, welcome to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Happy October to everyone. Now we are two months away, well, three months away from being into 2021. So as this dog shit year hopefully comes to an end very, very soon. We are now on to season two of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Um, just want to say again, thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast, whether it's 50 episodes, 10 episodes, or even just a singular episode. It really does mean a lot. Just everyone's support for this podcast for always just tuning in. But today we have another special guest. I've had him on this podcast once. He was on here with um, Cameron Easton, who of course has been on this podcast a lot. Um, It's Tyler from Penguins Twitter. Very, very well-known. Well, at least he should be well-known. iFishyHD is his Twitter. Tyler, how you doing today, my man? Great. Glad to be here. Um... Waiting for the Jack Johnson news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think everyone who listens to this podcast, I think everyone on Penguins Twitter just roots for the team in general, is waiting for Jack Johnson news. We're just kind of tired of it at this point. But um, no, hopefully um, we're going to get it sooner rather than later. Josh, I saw Josh Ewing in his mailbag for the Athletic. Basically, it's kind of teasing it, saying, "Yeah, he'd be surprised that he was on the team next season." Um, Jim Rutherford in that article that you know he was talking to Josh Ewing. He's always he's just being really weird about the situation. He's really not saying a lot, but I think it's easy to see that he's definitely changed his tune. I would say on Jack Johnson from about a month ago. Would you say that? Would you say say that's accurate? Yeah, I'd have to agree. And you know, not only has his his tone changed with the words, he also went out and acquired uh, Mike Matheson yep. on a massive contract. So the stars are aligning. You think? You would definitely think that this is the end now. I mean, God forbid they put him on his offside. That would just be a complete and utter disaster. I mean, we saw that um, during his first year here. I think he played with um, – I'm trying to remember who it was on the left side. Um, I, I, that, the, name, the name is going to come to me. I'm not really sure who it was. But, I mean, he played on his offside. The numbers were even worse. His underlying numbers were just also really, really bad. Um, on his offside so yeah that that would just be a hard pass but I mean Jim is basically saying you know I like Jack but he's not going to be on our um, third pairing on the left side he's not going to be playing on the left side so he's basically going to have to be on the bottom pairing on the right side or he's going to be out of the lineup whether it's in the press box which would just be really stupid because why would you pay 3.25 million um, for three more years for a guy to be in the press box or you know the more likely solution would be a trade and just package with Matt Murray which I'm sure we're going to get to in a minute but I mean the whole situation is just definitely getting weird and I mean I'm hoping a few people in the management like in the organization hopefully went up to Jim and is like Jim um I don't know if you've looked at the numbers I've been watching him play but I think you gotta like rethink your opinion on this player poor uh poor Sam Ventura (laughs) that's my guy man he's just I feel bad for him I mean he's he really is a great um person just to be i'm still surprised he works with the penguins because it just it seems like his opinion is never really noted especially in that kind of signing but i mean i did see though tyler he's going to be in the war room with jim rutherford for the draft with like four other people so he's definitely i think high up on the organization's like management list i would say Right. I don't know if you saw it in the Yo Mail bag as well. Somebody did almost ask a question based around Sam Ventura and he was like, you know, do they do they value his opinion? And it was yes, but Rutherford still uh kind of got his old hockey man mentality. Yeah. And we know he gets his guys, so it 
the decision's his in the end, you know. Yeah, that's just that's how Jim Rutherford is, and um, yeah, it's, it's shaping up to be a wild week coming up. Where believe it or not, Tyler, it's a week away today is free free agent frenzy. That's definitely kind of weird, especially with how the Stanley Cup final just ended. I honestly expect trades to start happening this weekend because the draft is in what four or five days now. So, right on Tuesday. Yeah, the first round's Tuesday. Wednesday, I think, is the rest of the draft. I think it starts at noon too. So. Um, pro- probably people are going to be taking off maybe a little bit of work or trying to sneak in a stream during work. So that's going to be a lot of fun, especially with um, people stalking Twitter. But, you know, to get back to some trades for the Penguins, do you – I asked this question to um, Danny who was on the podcast the other day. Um, it's probably a, a gimme question. Would you take less of a return um, in a Matt Murray trade if it included Jack Johnson going the other way? It's just like a sixth or seventh round pick in return or something like that. I mean, yeah, we, we would have to at this point just because um we don't have any cap space. If you want to get any sort of help on the, the third line or any more defensive depth, you know, spread it around even though we, we've got a ton, um, you, you have to. And obviously it would be nice to get a high pick for Matt Murray or another asset, but at the end of the day, cap space is king, especially with the, uh, the COVID flat cap. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that. And it's just like, you know, I saw the tweet this morning um, from Haley um, Salvian, who covers the Ottawa Senators. I think it's, is it for the Athletic? Or is it, yeah, it is the Athletic. And, you know, basically she tweeted out, most goalies on the trade market are going to cost a first because Pierre Dorian apparently said he doesn't seem confident that they're going to be keeping um, the 28th pick in the draft. And I think about that and I'm like, well, you could get the 28th pick back in return for Matt Murray if a team really wants to pay up for him. But then I think about the other situation we just talked about, like, you know, Jack Johnson also going with Matt Murray and taking less of a return. Which one would you rather do? I'd honestly rather do the second option and just get a sixth or seventh round pick in return and just send Jack Johnson off his team because that's just, it, it sounds weird to say, but like, it's really true that, I mean, this team can really, really contend if this guy is off this team. That's like the funny thing about it. Yeah, I mean, when you have a player giving such net negative results, that yeah. hurts. And there's there's really no other way Rutherford could uh, approach trading Johnson because it's obviously going to take some sort of sweetener. And, you know, they don't really seem to have a plan for Matt Murray at this point. Mm-hmm. So he, he'd definitely be a better sweetener than, than Russ. God, for, yeah, God forbid they trade Brian Russ, man. I do not need to see that. I know people are skeptical that he's going to have, you know, a repeat season next season as he did this season. I mean, I don't think he will. But, I mean, even if he does, like, half of that season, that's still basically almost a 20-goal season for him. Plays top six minutes with Evgeny Malkin. I think trading Brian Russ, Russ would just be very foolish for the Penguins. But, you know, that's why it would be a peak Jim Rutherford move because he's still probably pissed off with the team. I mean, it would just be a very, very dumb move. But, I mean, like you said, with the sweetener, Mark Stahl, I mean, he went to the Detroit Red Wings last week. I was talking about that um, on the podcast a couple of days ago, and they had to include a second-round pick as the sweetener to get Mark Stahl, the Rangers, that is, off their payroll. So, I mean, it is going to have to be a sweetener, and I think Matt Murray would be a pretty good sweetener. And the, the funny thing is, Tyler, the Senators really don't have a team right now. They have like three forwards signed going into next season and I think only a couple defensemen. So, and they really need to hit the salary cap floor. So even though Jack Johnson is very bad, I think this would be um, a contract for them that they can take on even though they're not really going to be contending this year anyway. So I don't really think they will care. 
Right, and I kind of said before that if there was a team like Ottawa or Detroit who went out and acquired Murray and they could put a somewhat decent team around him, which it'd probably go better in Ottawa than Detroit, to be honest. If they sign him to a two- or three-year deal, then before the Jack Johnson contract's even over, they, they could flip him for more assets. Maybe the goalie market in two years with a higher cap is mm. a first-round pick, you know, something we're not able to get right now. Yeah, exactly. It's just I, I'm really curious to see how this whole market plays out, especially for the goaltenders, just because you never see this many goalies available. I mean, we could see Marc-Andre Fleury available soon and for those that have not been listening to this podcast before since it's now a new season no the penguins do not need to trade back for mark andre Fleury or sign him tyler i'm sure you can co-sign that as well leave the past in the past um i keep seeing this all the time on penguins twitter they do not need mark andre Fleury behind tristan jari so i mean just wanted to put that to bed real quick or henrik longfist <laughs> has that been on penguins twitter lately i wasn't on a twitter a lot yesterday but have people already been saying henrik longfist that's more a cap friendly thing, I think. Oh, please. So even worse. I don't. This, that's just a hard pass. I mean, I, I mean, I saw your tweet this morning. Do people forget Casey DeSmith exists? He does not make a lot against the cap, and if you try and Tristan Jari to like three million per season, and gets to Smith, I think he does. He make like a couple million per year, or not even that. That's like five million at most tied up to two goaltenders. That's pretty freaking good for a cap team. Right, yeah, if we could get Jari on a bridge for around That's what I was three thinking. million for uh two years, dismiss right about in the same range. He's got two years left for uh only one point two five million. So yeah, four and a half for your goaltending, that'd be great. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you don't want to be like the Montreal Canadians over here who are paying Carey Price and Jake Allen fourteen million per season. I, I don't even know how and why they're doing that, to be honest with you, but um, they're doing it, and there's going to be a whole bunch of other goalies that will be available. I'm, I'm just, I hope there's the first trade breaks this weekend. I also hope the Matt Murray saga ends by the time the draft rolls around in a few days, but you know we're going to uh, touch on that um, in the next segment. But first off, uh, Tyler, it's time to talk about Bilko. There's a lot of walls that I think everyone has to break down in their life, just with everyday life. You know, Mine, honestly, is just having the courage to finally get out of bed after like an hour of checking Twitter. I have always done that for as long as I can remember. I don't really care. I just, I could do it. And I'm also just a lazy piece of shit. So, um, whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with go every day. You can put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. Put it in your golf bag, put it in your pocket to get through the day. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. You can get three delicious flavors, chocolate mint, chocolate coconut, peanut butter, peanut butter, honey, um, Bilko, it kicks, it keeps to keep, it kicks to keep me going strong. You can, it's loaded with good stuff to unite my work. It combines energy gel with collagen protein. There's an offer. You can go to Bilko.com, use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get $30, 30% off your next order. Not $30, 30% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 30% off at Bilko.com. Let's go. Okay, so welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. And Tyler, do you hope that the Matt Murray um, sweepstakes just or just the trade comes sooner rather than later, so that the Penguins can just get on with other business, you know, such as re-signing Tristan Jari, Dominic Simone, and just maybe going out and getting another forward? Because you know, it's, it's just kind of hampering their cap. I feel like a little bit right now, and just by each passing day goes, I just get a little more worried and worried that a trade is not going to happen until like after free agency or something like that. 
Yeah, I definitely think it would be ideal to try to get him moved uh, Tuesday or Wednesday on the draft floor. Mm. I I really can't see a situation where it becomes a, a long drawn out trade process and it benefits us at all Mm -hmm. i i don't think teams are gonna wait two months and then say oh you you want a second round pick yeah here you go i just don't see that that being possible yeah i feel like it would have to happen sooner rather than later just because like a lot of teams right now you know they do want to spend in free agency but of course the flat cap is going to prevent some teams are doing that, but just every team wants to shed salary too because, I mean, I don't think every team is going to spend up to the full cap this season because of COVID. So, I mean, I think you're going to see a lot more activity than in recent years. I mean, I saw in the uh, TSN trade beat the other day, Tyler, Nationals made all of their centers available, including Matt Duchesne. So it's just going to be a wild ride just for trades in general. But, I mean, like I said, sooner rather than later is the best way to go. Um, is there Are there any... Um, unrestricted free agents that you would want the Penguins to go after. I know they don't have the cap space right now to probably do it. You know, I've been on the Craig Smith train. I mean, Jay Fresh Hockey just wrote a great article about it on his website. He does outstanding work. Uh, he's probably going to be too expensive for years, like uh, three and a half million, or I think it's three years, four and a half million. I, I'm forgetting what Danny told me, but I think it's three years, four and a half million per season. That's probably a bit too steep for the Penguins, but that would just be such a great fit for their third line with Jared McCann. And when healthy, they can put Dominic Simone opposite of those two players. And that would be just an outstanding third line, I would think. But, I mean, I just think he's going to be too rich. But, I mean, are there any other free agents that you would be looking at? Maybe some, like, depth options? Um, One guy I don't think I've really seen anybody talk about for the Penguins would be um Tyler Ennis. He, oh. he had a pretty good season last year playing in uh, Edmonton and Ottawa, I believe. Mm-hmm. He got traded, right? He did, um, yes. He's got pretty good fancy stats. Um, and I, I think if we could get him on a cheaper contract, he just took a pretty cheap contract, I'm pretty sure, last season. Yeah, only 800 k So, I mean, I think he could end up being a under-the-radar guy that I would like them to take a swing on. Yeah, and I mean, this season, 16 goals, 37 points in 70 games. And I mean, that was with Ottawa and Edmonton. Basically, with Ottawa, he was honestly their be- one of their better players. 14 goals, 33 points in 61 games. Um, the season before that, he played in Toronto, 12 goals. He's been a 20-goal scorer three times in his career. I know his possession is not that good, even though it was 50% this season with Ottawa, which is basically like a minor miracle. But, I mean, I agree. The only thing that I'm worried about with him is that um, he's 30 years old now, so I don't want to give him a lot of term. Jim Rutherford loves to give bottom six players a lot of term. Just look at Brandon Tanev. He was looking to give his brother, Chris Tanev, who is a depth defenseman option, potentially four to five years of $5 million per season. That's why I'm just glad they got Mike Matheson for Patrick Hornquist, man, because I much prefer that over just, I mean, signing Chris Tanev to play on the third pairing because I think Matheson is just a lot younger and cheap, and he would be cheaper and a better option. But, I mean, we'll discuss that in a couple minutes. So the only thing I'm really just worried about with Ennis is just, like, term and then him wanting, like, a big raise, I would say. Right, yeah, like I said, that would have to be, uh, I mean, really just like any free agent we would get this offseason, it would probably have to be under the radar kind of signing or, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe find a guy who would really like to go compete for a championship and maybe the the other contracts he's getting are from bottom feeder type teams. It's really just going to be, Jim Rutherford's going to have to make a lot of phone calls, I think, if he um, wants to upgrade the forward group. 
I think so too. And I mean, like, they just don't have a lot of like big trade chips right now. You know, trade their first round pick for Kasperi Kapanen. I wish they would have kept that pick and went after a bigger fish. I know you were tweeting about that the other day, man, just because of the the TSN trade bait board with how many great players are on that list. It just it kind of sucks to see um, that they don't have that first round pick to dangle now after all those players are on the list. Right. Lane, Ellers, mm-hmm. Gaudreau. Oh, you can name so many. Duchesne, yep. Ryan Johansson. Yeah, I mean, there's old friend Nick Menino's on there, though I would not go out and get Nick Menino. But even like the def- Dougie Hamilton I saw was on there. Jake DeBrus from Boston. I mean, hell, they may even move Tuka Rask, which would just be a brain-dead decision by Don Sweeney. But uh, obviously this is not the Locked On Bruins podcast. You know, I'm going to have to give Ian McLaren a little bit of crap for that when I talk to him next. Um, but um, <laughs> I just I can't get over how Tuka Rass was on that list, man. That was just honestly making me laugh. But I mean, I was of course I was just talking about the uh, you know the Matheson or Tanev thing. Buddy, I, I'm like I said, I'm just glad they didn't give Tanev any term and they're not gonna go get him because, you know, spare I was reading that storyline in the athletic man Oh yeah, it reunites the brothers. And it's like the only brothers that I want to see reunite to come here would be like if, they, if their last name was like Pedersen, if Elias Peter, Pedersen's was related to Marcus Pedersen, or if like the Sedins come out of retirement. I really don't understand why so many people care about like, oh my God, Brandon and Chris Tanev are playing together. It's just like, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. if uh, Cindy Crosby has a secret long lost brother, we can get him a contract. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would that would be just absolutely awesome. Um I was asking Danny this question the other day. He, uh, I was going to ask you this too. What does Jim Rutherford have to do this offseason for the rest of the offseason to be considered like a successful offseason for you going into next year? I mean, you have to trade Jack Johnson. Yeah, that's, that's the obvious for, Yeah. Other than that, it's hard to even say because I, I was saying the other day, like who who do you trade off this roster? Jared McCann, Brian Rust, like sure, maybe, maybe you get a an asset from a Murray trade. You don't dump Johnson, which I whatever. But like, what does Brian Rust in a second get you that pushes the needle that much further? Mm-hmm. You know, um, for it to be a successful off season, I he, the third line needs to be revamped. That was absolutely one of the the biggest questions coming into this off season was. Mm-hmm third line center and the wingers around him and I that hasn't been touched at all yeah so that's I'm, a big thing for me I agree I've been talking about that nonstop on this podcast and for the listeners that have uh, listened to almost virtually every episode I'm sure they're probably tired of it but you know what I don't care just because of how big of an issue it is I mean we saw in the playoffs just how bad that line was and I know Patrick Hornquist is a great player and we're going to miss him a lot, but he just wasn't a fit on that line with McCann. And it didn't help that McCann was just playing the worst hockey, some of the worst hockey of his career. I mean, especially since January 1st, even though his shooting percentage tanked a lot, I think that was one of the biggest reasons as to why his play tanked. But that line in general was just so clunky, I thought. I mean, Marlowe looked like he was 60 years old on the ice. I did honestly did not see that coming in my opinion, just because I thought he looked fine before the pause. But you know, five months off will do that to some people. So I mean, 
they, they are going to have to revamp that line. Like, I would not be surprised if they do free up some money somehow that is not just Matt Murray and Jack Johnson, that they go out and sign someone to play on the third line just because Dominic Simone, he's not going to be ready for the start of the season. He did something, I think it was like a torn labrum in his shoulders or something like that they had to have surgery for. He's going to be out until February. I mean... On the other right wing, do you put Colton Sevier there? That's a very big question. Some people have already speculated that they could flip Sevier in another trade. I really don't think that they're going to do that. I mean, some people have already made the comparison to Nick Spalling when they got the Reginald Hornquist trade. I mean, maybe down the line I could see Jim Rutherford doing that because he loves trading assets after just acquiring them. But I think at the start they're going to give him a fair shot since he's going to be a UFA after next season and he's only making like 1.2 against the salary cap. Yeah, I'm still under the belief that um, I, I'd really forget who wrote it. I'm pretty sure it was Yo, but um, I don't think Mike Sullivan likes Zach Aston Reese that much. I remember reading something on The Athletic that um, during the end of the series in Montreal, two players had to go to a uh, film session before the last game. Yep, Those two that. players were Justin Schultz and Zach Aston Reese, and look what they uh, had to say about Schultz. I, I think... Um, Zach Aston Reese might have a little more benefit for him right now because he's injured as well as Simone. Yeah, but, and the weird yeah. thing was for Aston Reese, he was playing that series hurt too. Like I don't know why you were going after him. He's also one of your best defensive players. I mean, we all heard the calls for Zach Aston Reese getting some self selfie trophy love. I mean, he suppresses shots at an elite level in the defensive zone. His line with Tanev and Bluger is are probably one of the five best fourth lines in hockey. I'll, I will die on that hill to the day I die. It's just, it's a great fourth line. It sucks that he's not going to be ready to start the season two. So they're going to have to figure out something on that fourth line. It's probably going to be Sam Lafferty that comes in. Though Tyler, like, I'm just not a big fan of him. I know some people in this fan base are, but I don't think he brings a lot of offense and his defense, I think, is kind of subpar too. Yeah, he was, uh, he scored in burst. I mean, yeah, but that's, that's the, um, that's kind of a bad thing because uh, it makes your point totals look higher than what you really had to give every uh, every night on the ice. Um, I thought he had good speed. Um, he he just didn't look all that flashy. I think he'll probably top out at like a 13th forward in the NHL. I, I know everybody wants to believe he's going to be the guy who changes to the third line, but I have to agree. I don't really see it either. Yeah, I mean, like, I think Danny from Pensball was telling me the other day he had, like, a stretch where he scored, like, seven goals in, like, ten games or something like that, like, at the start or something, or he was just... Because I think he first came up, he had those two big games. I think it was Winnipeg and Minnesota where I think he had three or four goals during that stretch, and then I think he scored a couple games after that, but then went cold for a while. And then, of course, he had that big snipe against Washington back in February and was like, wow, like where the hell did that shot come from, Sam? Like, I didn't know you could uh, snipe like that. So it's just, I need more consistency, I think, from him. So that's probably the big thing I want to see from his game going into the season. But uh, lastly, Tyler, are you comfortable with a Matheson-Ruedel third pairing going into next season? I asked um, Danny and a couple others that question. But I just want to get your thoughts on that. Um, I don't really, I mean... I would love for them to maybe get a right-handed shot. You know, I would love for them to put Dylan DeMello in that spot over Chad Ruedel, though I think he might be out of the Penguins' price range just a little bit just because they don't have any salary cap space right now. But if it comes down to it, would you care if Chad Ruedel is that sixth guy next to Matheson? 
Not at all. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, why does Chad Ruedel have to be the seventh defenseman? Yeah. You know, if we need a guy, if we're getting into the playoff race and it's like, well, this bottom pairing isn't giving us enough, well, then, yeah, maybe you look at um, trading for a bottom pairing defenseman, which in reality shouldn't cost you that many assets anyway, right? Like, mm. I mean, so you're better off just trying to to alleviate yourself of some more cap space by using Ruedel on the bottom pair because he only makes 700000 Yeah, I mean, that's um, right. He makes like seven hundred k a year. But go on, just we'll finish what you were saying. I just I totally forgot that he makes that little money. Oh, no. Um, I mean, it's he's solid. Like, what you don't notice him on the ice, and that's, that's a good thing in mm-hmm. a way. You know, it's like the Paul Martin effect a little bit. Like, you just don't even know he's there. Yeah, he has good reads in the defensive zone. He moves the puck up the ice very, very well. I mean, I was... He apparently I was reading the article from Yoey on the Athletic, and I think it was a mailbag or just his thoughts on the defensive core. Jacques Martin, who of course was fired just a couple months ago, he said that during the season, I think it was during their California road trip where they got steamrolled by every team. He said that during a lot of that season, Ruedel was one of their best defensemen. So it just begged the question as to why he was not getting more playing time, especially over Justin Schultz, who was just a tire fire in the playoffs. And Justin Schultz was getting more minutes during that series and was on the for, on the ice for the extra attacker at the end of games uh, three and four. So that logic there by Mike Sullivan was just um, very, very odd. So I do hope we see more of Chad Ruedel and, I'm hoping that he's ready for a full 82 game season because I think he should be able to beat out Jack Johnson for that spot. Right. I mean, I I don't know how he would lose it. Jack Johnson has shown us he cannot play on the right side of the ice. That should not even really be in the question. I get Rutherford, you know, might have to say that just to just to be nice. If somehow Jack was on the roster to start the year, I just don't think there's a way they can give him that spot. That's that's asking for problems. Yeah, I mean, you're asking for problems if he's in the lineup at all, to be honest. But okay, that's the last right. time we're going to talk about Jack Johnson for this episode. But um, Tyra, if you don't have anything else, uh, thank you so much for coming on this episode. I really appreciate it. I definitely want to have you on um, after free agency to see you know, what moves the Penguins have made because it's surely going to be a busy week for this team coming up starting on Monday with the draft on, and then on Tuesday, of course, and then free agent trends on Friday. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me, man. I'd, I'd love to come back. Hopefully next time it's in, uh, we have some positive news to um, talk about. Yeah, rather than- you and me both, man. I'm, I'm hoping that Jim Rutherford turns this thing around a little bit and makes some good moves. But, you know, I think that's asking for a lot right now with him just because he's on such a <laughs> decline with moves. But, um, yeah, man, thank you so much for coming on. We'll be back with five new episodes next week. This is a very busy week coming. Keep it right here on Locked on Penguins. Free agency draft. Hopefully there's some trades coming up for this team and just honestly around the league because I'm just ready for this show to get started. So thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode and I'll talk to you all again on Monday. Have a great weekend.